Here's the Smart Retirement Cast brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now, here's your hosts, Mike and Matt. Okay, listeners, welcome back and a happy new year to all of you. This is the first show of your Smart Retirement Podcast for 2021. And 2020 is over, Matt. Let's keep it behind us. Let's forget about it. <laughs> over. I think that uh, New Year's Eve uh, was, it was just so different. All the holidays were different this year. Um, yep. You know, but I, I do think that there's, there's this, I mean, it's not like we woke up on New Year's Day and it was like, oh my God, it was all a dream, which is what I was hoping for. You know, I was hoping <laughs> I woke up. Like right about March 12th is when I hope I woke up because that's when I was flying out to you to go see spring training for the first time in my life. I was like giddy as a schoolgirl and was so excited. I remember being in the airport, letting you know I'm about to board and getting the notification that the MLB is canceling spring training. Yep. And you're like, you should still come to Arizona. And I was like, well, that's... Yeah, let's do it. But anyways, we, made the best of it. we did. And I and I think that I think that what's really going to happen this year is that people have I find that people have truly respected this virus now. They're ready to to do all the little BS things you need to do to really push this thing down, crush it, destroy it, get the vaccine, do all those things. And so with all that momentum and that new frame of mind instead of where they were, you know, October, which is, this is a joke and I'm tired of staying inside. I think we're going to really attack this thing with a full court press in 2021. And listeners, the more that we improve our, that we combat this virus, the more you're going to see optimism and, uh, and positivity pump back into the marketplace. We usually talk about the stock market. We usually talk about certain types of investments. And today we're going to talk about the real estate market. Um, Matt and I spoke at the end of the year as we kind of refreshed ourselves and and looked back and we, we realized that we didn't touch on real estate enough in 2020. And we're going to kick off this year talking to you about a couple of different forecasts we have from major real estate sources such as Redfin and Zillow. And I call these major real estate sources, you know, they're viewed as many different things in the marketplace, but Redfin and Zillow have just ridiculous amounts of data, ridiculous amounts of data. Zillow, if any of you have ever logged on to Zillow and checked out what your house is worth today, it's almost like looking at your stock portfolio. You know, it's almost like, um, it's almost like getting a, a, a temperature gauge of what your assets worth or what houses cost in neighborhoods you want to move into. Right. Our, I think, I think that's ahead. what I found interest, interesting, Mike. I know you've got a couple articles you want to kind of reference today, but you know, what kind of stemmed my curiosity in this and you being more of the expert than me in this field was, you know, in different areas that I look at home values here in Arizona um, in a couple different areas of Scottsdale, uh, you know, depending on the size of the homes, price of everything. So that I was seeing Zillow had sent me a couple reports. So like, I was looking at to buy some rental properties down in uh, the old town Scottsdale area for like spring training. Right. So what they're saying is they're forecasting 
an increase of 12.1% for that market this year, which I found shocking, right? I mean, and then yeah. you go to the northern part of Scottsdale where the homes get a little bit more expensive um, and they're still forecasting a 9% increase. So I was thinking, you know, this, the lower income housing stuff is going to stay pretty consistent, but I figured that the the higher end stuff was going to drop off and I, I just wasn't seeing that on Zillow. And I think that's kind of what brought up the the conversation today of like, Mike, what do you think? <laughs> Why is this happening? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so listeners, uh, Matt lives in Scottsdale, Arizona. And, you know, if you've never been there, it's, it's a very hot market right now. And there is just ridiculous amounts of new construction going on. Um, I mean, Matt, there that Four Seasons is going in, right? In Scottsdale, it's almost done. It'll probably be done by mid-year or no. Um, it's not a Four Seasons. It's actually a... Uh, I thought it was. No, hold on. I, now well, you've got on. All, I'll have to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you've got all types of new construction, both commercial and It's a Ritz. It's a Ritz Carlton. Yeah. It's supposed to be like the largest uh, hotel property in the United States or something. It's supposed to be just massive. Okay. So that won't be done this year. Uh, Probably not. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that there's all types of money pumping into Scottsdale. Um, So you have to take these things with a grain of salt. I mean, there are historically when we're going through a refinance boom. Now we've been seeing year after year appreciation since really late 2011, Matt. So we're on a 10-year real estate boom, where, or I should say bull run, where we're seeing year after year appreciation on top of itself. Anyone that bought a house in 2012 uh, got a good deal on that house and is probably just extremely happy with the equity they have, whether it's a real estate investment or a primary residence. But what you're seeing, what you're seeing now is this, this skewed percentage, in my opinion, um, last year in 2020 with the virus coming on strong, there was such a reduction in inventory. The microeconomics are simple, Matt, as inventory goes down, price will inevitably go up because there'll be, there'll be more demand than there is supply. Right. And and never in my in my short future in in just following economics in the last 15 years, never in the last 15 years have the interest rates been so low. And the inventory also be so low. So there's another big X factor, right, where you've got the ability to finance the cost of capital so remarkably affordable that that's also jacking up price. So, you know, most of my transactions last year that I, I do purchase transactions for real estate, I'm a real estate banker. So I pre-approve the buyer, um, again, whether it's a vacation home, primary residence or investment home. And I'm, I'm getting that letter of pre-approval and verification of assets out to their agent. I'm helping their agent contact the seller's agent and I'm making sure that we plead a good case for our buyer on this house. Almost 80 to 90% of the time, we are getting back what's called a multiple counter offer. And a multiple counter offer is saying, hey, there's someone else in the same ballpark as you. Maybe their terms are a little bit better, i.e. they can close faster, or maybe they have all cash instead of your loan. But your price versus their terms is 
is they're both palatable enough to my seller that I want you guys to make your best and final offer. And I'm seeing that many, many times. And so what that does, Matt, it is just forcing the buyer side of the table to say, well, then let's offer more, you know, let's offer more. Let's justify why we are, I mean, really in a sales transaction, price is typically king. Typically dollars are what the sellers want most. Many times you can massage that, that proposal by doing things like giving them more time to close their escrow, giving them the ability to do what's called a contingent replacement property. So, you know, if the Joneses have lived in a house for 10 years and they want to move up and buy a nicer house with their family, they're saying that you can't close on our transaction until we find that replacement home. So there's all these little things that go on, but mainly what's been coming right down to uh, the crux of it all is people raise what they're willing to pay for the house, which inflates the price. And appraisers for the longest time, they don't like that because it, it beefs up value and then they have to go in and justify that price. Is it justifiable? Well, in a year like 2020, where the inventory was low, not just for three months, not just for four months, but for the whole year, it became, it started to become the norm that people were buying houses and closing on homes, 30, 40, $50,000 over asking price. And this is something that commonly happens in metropolitan areas or desirable tourist attraction towns. Um, typically, those take place on the coast, you know, the Pacific and the East and the West Coast. But I will still argue that there are many places just like yours, Matt, in Scottsdale that have a lot of charm and 9% and 12 and 14% are, are what they're predicting. But here's what I'll tell you. I think that's a little high. I think that's a little bit erroneous. And and I'm going to get into a couple reasons why. I, I found this great end of the year Redfin article that um, goes into details about, you know, what their predictions are, why prices should go up 14%, what pending sales, why pending sales are going to rise greater than they ever have. While, why, here's this, this is a cool stat. 70% of the United States market is going to own a home in 2021. So I'll tell you what, what we should do. Let's take a quick break. And when I come back from the break, I'm going to get into some of these major points of the article. We're going to post this article to Facebook for our listeners, the Smart Retirement Facebook page. Um, It's got some great charts. It goes into some really good detail. And when we come back from the break, we'll get right into it. Okay, Matt? So listeners... Sounds like a plan, Mike. But before we uh, drop off here, if uh, any of you listeners are out there and you've got some real estate questions that you'd like to bring by Mike, feel free to give us a phone call at 866-53-RETIRE. Again, that's 866-53-RETIRE. Option two will get you directly to Mike Points. Of course, option one will get you over to me. Uh, as well as you can send us an email at info at smartretirementcast.com. So listeners, stick around. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey guys, Mike Points, co-host of Smart Retirement Podcast and a licensed loan officer. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time you sat down with your mortgage officer to discuss how your mortgage is going to affect you during retirement or how the current products and laws out there now are different from when you originally got your mortgage? Allow my team of retirement specialists and myself to put together a proposal for you that shows all of the different products and options you have right now. This is something we can implement in the next one to two months that helps 
helps you improve your current situation. If you're not able to remove your mortgage payment with your current mortgage, if you're not able to tap into the liquidity, and if you're not able to prepare better for healthcare costs, I want to show you how we can do that. So please contact me by calling 866-53-RETIRE, option two. Once again, that's 866-53-RETIRE, option two, or contact me at info at smartretirementcast.com. Look forward to hearing from you soon. And MLS number 124 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, NMLS number 328358. Mike Points is a licensed loan officer in California, NMLS number 1246224, and is only licensed to offer advice on mortgage products. He is not licensed as an investment advisor. All of the mortgage products Mike Points will discuss on this show are for educational purposes, and these products should be reviewed by a licensed loan officer before taking these mortgages on as your own, as they may not fit your specific situation or needs. Best is yet to come, and babe, won't that be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Okay, we're back from that break. Matt, we are going to hop right into the some of these Redfin 2021 housing market predictions. Um, what I like about this article is it really touches on stuff nationally. I mean, before the break, we talked about your region, Scottsdale, where you were looking at that last week and you fired it over to me saying, holy smokes, is this accurate? Can we really mm-hmm. see a 12% increase? And, um, you know, Redfin has, both Redfin and Zillow have great economics, economists on staff. And so um, this one here is put together by... I'm blanking on the name. Is it Daryl? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like Daryl Fairweather. Fairweather. That's right. Mm -hmm. Daryl Fairweather, who was actually the economist over at Amazon prior to Redfin. And what they do here, again, we're going to put this article on our Facebook page. But what they do here is they just make their 10 predictions of the year. And so I'm going to just go through them really quick, lightning fast here. We're going to comment on them. And that's going to be a big part of our show today. And so as focusing on real estate, I think it's important just to realize that, you know, these things are predictions They could change. But what's most important is to realize that as we prep for 2021, real estate might be a really, really good spot for you to refocus and restructure some of your retirement. Okay, guys. Um, Prediction number one, mortgage rates will remain historically low at 3%. Holy smokes. Not shocking to me. Honestly, I've been telling people that are just not quite ready to refinance are wondering like, oh, should I buy the house right now? They're going to have all of 21 to prep through this. I could see a little bit of volatility as we go into the the exchange of the guard as Biden takes over. So end of January, early February. But I think that's going to balance right out because, quite frankly, the real estate market is the crown jewel uh, for our economy right now. And it's just doing so well. So that's all we have to touch on about that. Rates are going to stay low, people. Get your pre-approval stuff in order. Get your tax returns ready. Get your income set aside so that you can go and get pre-approved if you want to buy a rental property or get a refinance. Prediction number two, there'll be more home sales in any year since 20, since 2006. 
So there's going to be more actual transactions than any year since 2006, which means it's going to be a great year for real estate. Whenever there's transactions like that, there's always turnover in a neighborhood. There's going to be, most people would think, oh, more transactions. That must, that must inflate price. I think price will actually slow down. So I'm, this is where I'm starting to counter what we talked about in the first half of the year, Matt. Just think about that microeconomics lesson again, right? As supply increases and the amount of buyers stay the same, then price will slowly but surely retard or stagnate. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we saw a lot of people in 2020 just not list their house at all because of the virus. And now they can't wait anymore. You know, they've got to move on with their life. So we're going to see more of that. Um, and that, that funnels right into prediction number three perfectly, which is what I would just have said if I didn't have this article in front of me. Prediction number three from Redfin is there will be more new homes built than in any year since 2006. I can tell you right now, Matt, in our neighborhood, there's about 130 new homes going up. In wow. a town like San Luis Obispo, that's a lot. I mean, I think there'll be 130 that will be ready by this year. I have to ask where. <laughs> I thought sure. they were built everywhere. <laughs> well, think about it. So San, southern San Luis Obispo, so as you take Broad, 227 right. towards the airport, you run into, you start heading towards Edna Valley. Right. And some of those back areas on Old Orcutt Road and behind where the Marigold Center is, the Vaughn Shopping Center. Sure. The, that was owned by the uh, Rigetti family. Okay. 160 acres. And Got so they, there was a big transaction that took place quite a few years ago, and it's been in the works for over 10 years. Now we're seeing the fruition of all that. And Rigetti Ranch is a new home development there. Um, South Moros, which is a new home development by Wathan Castanos. And then Noveno is a new home development there by Robbins Reed. And for our listeners that don't know me well, I, I actually sit on the board for the Home Builders Association here in town. So I'm acutely aware about these new homes being built. And as these new homes get built, think about this, listeners. Just think about your neighborhood. If a new home development comes in, all those younger families that bought homes maybe three, four, five years ago that are like, you know what? Let's get a newer home. We've done the existing home. We know how to be a homeowner now. Let's sell this thing and let's move into the new home. That opens up opportunities for you to buy older homes in nice neighborhoods, established neighborhoods where you could make it a rental might be a great first time home for your grandkids or your kids. So keep that in mind. I think you're going to see a lot of that in 2021 as those new homes complete what they call phases. They like to build the new developments in chunks. I think a lot of houses will start to come on the market because typically those young bucks that have held a piece of real estate for three or four years, they have to sell that house to buy the new house. They need the proceeds. So prediction number four, without further ado, the number of Americans relocating will be the highest it has been in 16 years. With the help of economies of affordable places like Buffalo, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. And so this is a, this is a simple statement where basically, you know, Americans are moving across county lines. I mean, it's a big conversation in California. People are leaving California left, right, and center, not because of politics, Matt, but because of the fact it's just too dang expensive. Sure. And with with what we went through last year, that was a very good simulation on what it will feel like to work from your home, right? 
not have to go into the office? Are you still productive? Are you more productive? So it's allowing people to increase their ability to remote work and families are able to move to more affordable areas. I mean, if you're going to, this is good news for places like Buffalo, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. I mean, a lot of people left those cities because the ability to have a high net worth income job or a high earning job was not high. You know, those, those are the old steel towns, right? Those are the really cold towns. And Cleveland is a great little town, a great city, I should say, excuse me, but it just doesn't have the opportunity that a Chicago has. Doesn't sure. have the opportunity that like a, maybe like a Madison, Wisconsin has. And so, you know, in the Midwest people, they're starting to see these, these towns revive and, and existing homes that were built in the sixties are now being remodeled or flipped. So think about that listeners. It's a good opportunity to go into some of those towns that haven't had love for some time and maybe buy a piece of real estate that you turn into a rental. Uh, maybe you, maybe you do a fix and flip situation. Prediction number five. Um, the home ownership rate will reach 70% for the first time since 2005. Now, a, a normal year, Matt, is 64%. Just like a, you know, a normal GDP for the year is anything above, you know, two and a half, three percent 64% ownership of, of our U.S. population, those who are eligible to own, should have... Um, that would be normal. So 70, it's about a 10% increase. But what's crazy is, you know, if you multiply 330 million people, that's a lot more people getting into houses. I think that's going to be the case because of the new homes that are being built. But also it's these interest rates and these low down payment options that the conventional loans have. So people who have lived in expensive cities are, they're used to having like high rent apartments or they rent a flat or they're used to being in a, you know, a neighborhood where they have to spend three, four or $5,000 to rent a place now can move to the suburb a bit more comfortably and still work from their home office. Um, and I, I think it's going to help us really see, I mean, this is great for the loan officer, right? It's great for me. It's great for the real estate agent. And, and honestly, it's great for every little small town too, because as more home ownership happens, more property taxes and the revenue from property taxes come in. Well, that goes to rebuilding roads, improving schools, helping with the law enforcement or the fire department, things that help your community stay, you know, up to date. Prediction number six. How am I doing so far, Matt? Are you? We're good. Let's go. Okay. Prediction number six. San Antonio, Tucson, and Tampa will be the hottest housing markets as major southern cities like Austin, Phoenix, and Miami become unaffordable. So this is a little bit to what you were alluding to, Matt. Like, mm -hmm. how could how could Scottsdale go up twelve percent? It's already not affordable. You know exactly. But I think it just depends on where you are. Um, San Antonio, Tucson, and Tampa will be hot housing markets. Um, I think this is just more of what we've already talked about. The average, the average home in Austin, the medium price is 263 to 362,000. That's a very affordable mortgage. Okay. That with property taxes, insurance, and even if you have to have mortgage insurance, it's going to keep your payment 
right around twenty-two to $2,300 a month at the $362,000 loan amount. You know, Tucson homes cost 21% less than Phoenix. Um, they're between 265 and 336. That's I'd be interested to get your input on this part, Matt. No, that's that's about right. I mean, <clears throat> if you look at the uh, medium median home value in even South Scottsdale, Phoenix areas, it is right around 335, 350, somewhere in there. And uh, yeah, if you jump down to Tucson, it's probably somewhere in the 250s. Uh, that makes sense. Um, but you're also your style of living between Tucson and what you're going to get in Phoenix is quite different as well. So that's what's talked about here in the article. And I know that just from visiting, I mean, more people just want to live in Phoenix because of the amenities. And, um, I think definitely in Scottsdale, you know, just visiting there, it's just crazy how much the, that town puts into the restaurant and entertainment scene. Yeah. And all the cleanliness and the roads. I mean, they, they really do a good job, uh, really all over the Phoenix Valley, taking care of the roads and keeping everything really clean. So that's kind of nice where when you start going a little farther south to Tucson, and I don't want to pick on Tucson too badly, but uh, the roads there are just absolutely terrible. You can talk to anyone that's been there. <laughs> well, an so. agent, a Redfin agent in Tucson, um, Kendra Haro says, most of my buyers are coming from out of state, California, Seattle, Oregon, and East Coasters as well. Um, they're actually torn between Tucson or Phoenix because they like Tucson more because it's less traffic. It's smaller and you can even get more for your money. So true. basically what you're saying. Prediction number seven, expensive cities will invest in their culture and lifestyle to attract residents and tourists. So already seeing that in San Luis Obispo, um, already see that in Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, with those those day to day residents leaving the nicer cities, you're leaving also their wallets are leaving, right? Their cross, their walk through or walk by traffic is leaving. So you got to get more tourism dollars in. And so, you know, listeners, if you're in an area, you know, like Seattle, like Boston, close to San Francisco, look for your towns to do more, invest more in the culture. So if you're in an entertainment business, a restaurant business, um, or you're a partner in one of these, get involved with your municipalities and city planning office, see what's out there. I know in San Luis Obispo, we're already doing grants for people. It's more of a combat to the the COVID situation and, and what the CARES Act has already started. But in addition to that, there's going to be reinvestments in our downtown to help like actually build out the sidewalks now. So like actual lanes of traffic are going to be completely gone. You know, a lot of times you see these makeshift these makeshift uh, like outside dining areas right. to, to um, allow restaurants to have more sit down outside. Um, not as popular right now because of the things that are surging and the weather, but they're going to enlarge some sidewalks so that people can continue to have outside dining, which just makes the downtown area a little bit more charming. Prediction number eight, most home builders will make an offer on a home sight unseen. Now this is very interesting and this is very true. Before 2020, one in maybe 10 buyers that I worked with were interested in like seeing a virtual tour of a home. No, no, I want to get in the car. I want to see when I drive up how that neighborhood feels. I want to walk through that front door and I want to see what I'm buying. Now they're there. It's just more of the, the virtual effect. You know, the agent themselves are walking through properties with the buyers 
on the phone, on FaceTime, or taking a video and doing a virtual tour where they show them the kitchen, the bathrooms, the backyard. A lot of these listings now, the listing agent themselves will take the time and invest in what's called a 3D um, video tour, where you've seen this, Matt, where you can yep. click through the living room, see the dining room, spin around. They have these great like above ground floor plans with 3D imaging. So you can say, yep. oh, okay, that's where the that's where my daughter's bedroom will be. And there's the guest room. Here's the flow of the house. So more more home buyers are going to be buying houses sight unseen. So for you listeners, if you're thinking of selling a house in 2021, be thinking of that. Increase your marketability. Talk to an agent that says and get them to agree to a virtual tour or a 3D tour with your listing so that when it hits the marketplace, you don't have to have as much traffic and you also can sell to more people that are maybe moving from out of the area, right? Based on what we're talking about today. Prediction number nine, 2021 will usher in a new era of price competition for real estate agents. Not really that big of a topic for this show, but I can see that already the Zillow and Redfin and some of these other third party agent portals where you can go on almost like Angie's list, Matt, and like interview and hire a real estate agent. They're being extremely transparent with what the agent's commission fees are. Sure. I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I just think that it's going to, if you're a real estate agent, be ready for more discussions about why your commission is as much as it is, or, you know, a comparison of, Hey, I want to go with you, but the commissions I'm seeing somewhere else are lower. Um, that's all I'll touch on that for now. It's, it's part of this I buyer movement, right? Where people are online and they've got access to lots of information and they're using it to their advantage. Um, prediction number 10 and oh, go ahead, Matt. No, I was just going to say, I mean, even in the financial services industry, we're seeing that with the robo advisors and things as well, everything's becoming much more transparent. I think it's just, you know, it's, it's due to this era of technology that we live in today. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, I think at the end of the day, a lot of people still like that handholding effect that, a agent or something, you know, a physical agent they can sit down and sit across the table with is going to be able to offer them versus, you know, going online and trying to accomplish everything there. So taking a step back, though, I think on this topic alone, it's just there's so much that goes on in a real estate transaction. If you're just trying to sell one home, you know, I'm not saying you don't need a real estate agent. I'm just saying it's a lot simpler. Sure. If you're trying to sell that home and buy a replacement home and deal with the timelines and the contingencies and, and having your family and your house and your you know wealth and limbo to get those two things. If you don't have an agent and you're doing that, you're making a really, really bad move. You're, you're putting yourself under way too much stress. Now, I will asterisk this and say, if you deal with real estate all the time, like let's say you're a savvy wholesaler or you you know how to buy and sell real estate because of your past experiences, sure, you can do it. But the average Joe... Don't be, don't be dumb, be yep. smart and hire a real estate agent to help you sell your house and buy your new house. Okay. Prediction number 10. And then I won't, I won't be having any more. This is the last one. Um, everything associated with buying or selling a home will be offered at a one-stop shop. I don't exactly believe this, but what they're getting at is the agents will also try to be able to offer lending will also be integrating the home trade-in and cash offers. So home trade-in and cash offers is, do, is, is what I want to touch on here. 
but um, they're they're basically saying that everyone's going to try to do more of a concierge type approach. So they're going to be helping you with the title, the mortgage, the insurance, the home warranty, the moving services, and everything that's bundled into that. Is that a smart business model? Sure. I think a lot of people like the idea of just, you know, easy, but I can tell you right now that you don't want a jack of all trades and a master of none in this space. It's better to have someone that is like wicked good at being a real estate agent and a mortgage officer that if they're a team, all the better. They communicate better for you. They communicate on your behalf, all the better. But I think to do it all in one-stop shop, be leery of that. Here's where I see things that um, sellers are just getting sucked into is the integrating the integrated home trade-in and cash offers. So what this is, Matt, if you're not familiar, Zillow will actually offer you a price for your house so that you can close like, boom, cash. And they'll let you stay in your house for probably 60 to 90 days. Okay. And then, so what they want to do is they want to buy your house at a negotiated price, basically discounted. And then they want to be able to list your house while you live in it. You've already got the money. So now what you can do, right? You're like, basically you've, you've taken a big question mark out of the whole process. They have paid you for your house. You have the money for your house. And now you've got like a short term rental set up to stay in your house. That is no longer yours. It's now Zillow's. Zillow's going to lease it, or excuse me, list it. And they're also going to have an agent help you buy another house. And so what you're doing is you're basically agreeing to a discounted price for convenience. And I say discounted because every one of these I've seen is less than what the house is worth. So it sounds like when you're going to go like trade in your car at a dealership. Exactly. Right. They're going to give you less than what you could do at private sale, but it's convenient. And then you got a sales guy there to buy a new car with. Exactly. That's the model. And so more real estate agencies are doing this if they have the capital. Like, you know, Zillow has got a lot of capital. They have multiple, they have, they've monetized their site in many different ways. They have ad campaigns, they have agents paying them to get their name out there. They have lenders paying to get their name out there. They have these transactions. Um, So just be leery of that. Okay. It's going to sound great, but I think you should put that option right next to good old fashioned hiring of a real estate agent that will help you get through the transaction. I think that that increase in money is worth the headache, risk, and stress for most people. But it is also a nice convenient thing if you've got maybe mom or dad are, are migrating now to the adult living care facility and you just need to get this process going. You know, you can get that a portion of a large portion of what you're due for that house. Maybe they don't have a mortgage. Maybe they paid it off. Maybe the mortgage is very low. So you can transact with a company like Zillow or Redfin and they will buy the house from you, trade it in list it and sell it. Um, Matt, that's it for the predictions. We're going to post this article to our Facebook website. It's the 2021 housing market predictions from Redfin. And I just thought it was good content for our listeners today. I like it. Yeah. I thought it was very educational and um, you know, thanks for going over it. Yeah. Um, Listeners, we're going to be back in two weeks um, in the the second show of January. And when we come back, um, we're not exactly sure what we're going to talk about yet. So what we'd love for you to do as you plan for 2021, send in a couple of show topics or things you're that you've got on your mind. Maybe it's estate planning like we've talked about before. Maybe it's, you know, how do I how do I now 
you know, protect the gains I had in 2020. Maybe it's just, hey, look, I'm just getting into retirement and I've just started listening to your show. I don't know what to do. Maybe you could talk about transitioning into retirement. Give us a couple topics, listeners. Matt, give them the email that they can send those uh, topic requests to. Sure. So info at smartretirementcast.com. Or uh, if they want to call it in, they're welcome to at 866-53-RETIRE. So uh, when you call 866-53-RETIRE, Matt or I actually pick up. We are, you're not going to get some, you know, automated service. Uh, you might have to leave a message if we're on a phone, but we'll call you right back. Uh, we get about, I'd say three to five calls a month that, that are like genuine listeners of the show. So we encourage that activity. We think it's a great part of what we do is having the individual conversations after we have these, uh, these shows for you guys and go ahead and give us, you know, in the show notes, you can see down below some of our other hashtags, but go ahead and give us a thumbs up, whatever podcast station you're listening to us on. And when you go to Facebook, like us there as well, because we want to grow our audience in 2021. Absolutely. Well, listeners, thanks for tuning in today. And let's go out and make the rest of our lives the best for our lives. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. California license number 0175638 and MLS number 1246224. And he looks at her and says, hey darling, I can remember when you could stop a cloud. Oh, but ain't that America for you and me? Ain't that America something to see, baby?